0: My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart.
1: Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Beltro spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Beltro spirit. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to the podcast that is coming to you live from Adelaide, but not really because we're actually from the studio, which is actually a lounge room. It's the back pocket. Uh, we're finally on the board this week. My name is Jack and I am joined once again by Alistair, who is having a great time.
1: <laughs> I am not well. Um, we're not on the board. We never win here. <laughs> <laughs> L's only. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: It's uh, This week was at least a more interesting week to watch football. Um, I don't know. Really. Yeah. <laughs> you were suffering through it, but there were some games that were worth watching. Um, Easter Monday, absolutely not worth watching after halftime.
1: No. Uh, I, I watched up until halftime and then left, and then it yeah, turned into a shit show. So.
0: I, I, I talked about that. Um, I did a feature on the Hoops podcast this week, and I talked about that. I said, I need to stop you from watching Geelong games this year for the sake of Geelong. Because as mm. soon as you walked out of the room, it was 16 goals to one. So...
1: If the rest of the season could continue, I'd be pretty stoked, I think. Yeah, I watched every Geelong game except for that half, so that tells you a bit, um, maybe I'll keep watching Geelong games just to make you suffer. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I probably deserve it. Um, all right, well, I'm happy to jump straight into the
0: votes if you are ready to go. Um, I've, I've done the intro. You'll start the votes. All
1: right. I'm what chucking, is your one for the week? I'm chucking my one to uh, my favourite, uh, Jacob Weedering. I'm giving him one vote. It's a fair um, vote. I feel like it's discounted slightly because uh, Larky was injured, um, but Weiring had fifteen disposals and fourteen marks. He just kind of was everywhere and played really well. He had eleven one percenters to go with that handful of rebound fifties, and I think he's been pretty severely underrated this year. I think the problem with those Carlton defenders at the moment is young Weedering and McGovern are really sharing the load, so it's hard to pick a standout each week.
0: Yeah, and even with you know young Cowan down there and Saad getting mm. as much of the ball as they are. Like that, that and ball being
1: Nick Newman had the game of his life yeah, last week, so
0: that ball is really being shared around back yeah. There, so I, I do understand what you mean. But he did have a really good game. Mm. Um I I had him in um spoilers, but I had him in my special mentions for this week. Yeah yeah. Um for how good he was uh, and yeah again Lucky is the 1st guy who company's been kept goalless this year. Yeah, Uh finally blemished his perfect record of tw- twenty one goals straight or something yep. ridiculous like that. Um, it's Shouldn't regardless of whether shot. he was slightly injured, it was a good performance. Yeah. Um, and you got to play on who you got to play on. And um, Wiedering's had two of those this year where he's played really well on people who had the caveat of not being at 100%, mm. but he's still one of the best defenders in the comp. Um, and it was a really good game. My um, my one this week was to Sam Collins, um, mm. who I thought was really the only reason that they didn't get scored far worse against. Um, it's been a delight. He... I don't know if he got any coach votes this week. I think he might have, but he had four he four wins out of four contested defensive one-on-ones, 14 spoils, 11 marks, and seven of them were intercepts, 13 total intercept possessions, so there was another six intercepts he had that weren't marks, seven contested possessions, and 12 defensive half-pressure acts for a big man. He did everything he could to keep them in that game, and they were in the first half. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a really good game from him. Always happy to give him a vote, but, um, yeah, he got in there just based on a. True uh, grit performance, I think it was.
1: If he wasn't, uh, sorry, if took Miller wasn't in that team, he would be their captain. Absolutely, uh, and I think he's really improved his game this year just by the sheer fact of he's getting a lot more uh, intercepts and possessions in general. Yeah, uh, he's linking up well, uh, so I'm I'm pretty impressed with him being even better than he was last year. Yeah, it's um, less down and defensive and a bit more of a, an aggressive attacking game
0: at the same time as keeping people pretty much
1: scoreless. Yeah. He's uh he's probably the most underrated defender going around now that Cal Mookie's recognised. <laughs> so. Finally getting the flaw that's he deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I uh, I'm I'm happy to keep backing in Sam Collins. Alright, who was your two? Uh my votes are a bit all over the place. I'm giving two to Elya. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, um obviously he had the uh the spoil that saved the game Game-saving which is spoil. pretty amazing. Yep. Um to go with that he had twelve intercepts couple of marks, he had a low number game we've talked had a couple of these this year where it's important Nine of his touches were contested as well, um, which is huge He's uh, he's back in form and that's great for Port because they really
0: need him. I saw I saw a joke um, during the week that said um, with Sydney's defensive stocks dropping white flies, a bit they wish they had someone like Aaliyah on their mm. list um, It was I, I think it was a weird one to let go I think he does seem to have improved again at Port but he was already a good defender before um, and yeah, he, he's playing really well this year he's been a big reason why Port have won the games they have uh, and yeah, like you said, that last gas spoil was incredible.
1: Um, I think that's one, celebrating it. That's when I definitely got wrong when he initially was let go and Port picked him up. I thought, nah, he's probably not going to be the best 22 player. Maybe he'll come in every now and then. But I was completely wrong and happy to be so because he's been really good yeah. for them when he's been fit and, and well. I thought the same thing with uh, Port
0: obviously already had pretty good.
1: Tall, but not really tall defensive stocks,
0: which is very if Fits into. I think mm. he's only 192 or so centimeters tall, but, but um, he's he's just got the speed and the leap that makes him such an asset. And when he gets the ball, regardless of whether it's his you know 12 to 15 disposal games, mm. his decision making is really good, and he can you know really set them up to attack. Um, my two was to Jack Sinclair. Um, yeah. Who I thought just had an in- incredible game. Um, he's just having a really good season with a bit more freedom. He, I feel like he's not getting as much of the football, but he's doing a lot more with it. Um, That's exactly what he's I was thinking. Just very damaging. Uh, he's the kind of player that you have to wonder whether there's a, a, a cause to put a forward tag on him sometimes because he's so important to their structure, especially when Steele's not playing. Mm. Um, he's such a leader on the field for them, and I, I just love the way he goes about his footy. Has um, through one of the best turnarounds of a footballer I've ever seen. Hundred percent. Who was an average wingman. To one of the best halfbacks in the comp now. Um, you
1: used to pretty much make fun of him every single week. Uh, yeah, so. I, I did, yeah. <laughs> and now it's just Jack Billings who can't get a game. So, um, um yeah, big fan of Sinclair. It's, it's tough because not every team has a player capable of doing a, a forward tag. You saw what happened with Lockie Jones. Yep. That was a, a bloodbath. Um, So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think there are some clubs that can definitely do it. Uh, But I think the main, most important part is just making sure you kick accurately inside 50 and you you stop his game. But obviously no team is good at that. Full of players (laughs) who are capable of doing things to you. So Um, yeah, that's my two. Uh, Respectable. I have him in my honourable mentions. I didn't fit him in this week. Yep. Uh, So very quick three. My three goes to Sam Collins. Yep. Um, I think Sam Collins had as good a game as who I voted for uh, my five. Yep. Um, But obviously always a little bit lessened by a loss. Uh, like I said before, he's a general. He, I think he's their vice-captain, is he? Yes, he is. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think they've got um, dual captains and one vice, which yeah. is a weird way to set it it's, up. But...
1: It's odd, but um, I think that's deserved, and he is a real leader. Like I said before, probably the most underrated defender, and, yeah, we don't need to talk much more about him. Yeah, just, just about this podcast favourite football already. So. He's,
0: he's up there in um, my top ten. Another one of this podcast favourite footballers was my three votes uh, with Mason Redman. Yeah. Um, he had another ripper game. I love watching him play football. Um, I know it doesn't go on our, our stats for him, but did kick another goal on the weekend. Bought, brought out the horns with his stupid celebration. But he is just—he's becoming very quickly just about Essendon's most important player. I think um, he is the
1: most attractive free agent. Yeah, let's say like, being, I being so a free agent Parrish. this
0: year he's going to pull in, whether he stays at SN or goes anywhere else, he's going to pull in some serious money. Um, The way he finished the back half of last season and the way he started this year, he is one of the most exciting talents in the competition and realistically probably could play a wing role at a team that really Mm. needs him as well, Uh, in the same way that um, Tomlinson was doing for a while Mm. there. I think he's a a very attractive prospect as a free agent and there's a lot of teams who, especially you watch the way these players are playing half-back now, um, he could
1: really complete a team that's almost there. I don't even my I don't even think my team needs him currently, and I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um. So it's it's an interesting one. Whoever, if he decides to go, whoever has to deal with Essendon as part of that trade is in for a fucking rough trade period. (laughs) Well, he's he's not he's restricted, isn't he? Free agent. So
0: yeah, if they they want him, it's going to be a it's it's going to be an interesting. Essendon will match anything that he is offered. I can almost guarantee it.
1: Um yeah because they better not be paying full <laughs> cap at the moment um f- i hate my four four because i don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> uh, uh michel michelaney mackalane oh yeah Adelaide? max Maxelani. Ma- ma- yep i don't know how to say it maxi boy um, yeah let's go with maxi boy maxi uh, mitch i've given him four it's a bit of a just a personal one. I feel bad because stats-wise, he doesn't line up at all. He now. was in my special mentions mm. this week,
0: but he really did have a really good
1: game. Uh, for a fourth gamer, and I think the,
0: he, got, he got coaches' votes. As I well think he did. A, I
1: think he got five coaches' votes.
0: Defensive effort to uh, for the ages. Obviously, mm. um, Matt Taven is out injured now, but yeah, he gave him an absolute bath. And he's a kid. It was a. And yeah. I, I, we talked about in preseason about how exciting it is to watch a, a young talent who's a key defender come through and play so
1: early. I'm, I think we're seeing why. I think that's why I'm giving him a, a higher vote than he should probably get here because it's his fourth game, he's a kid, and he absolutely wiped. You bathed that whole <laughs> forward line. Yeah. Was, it was just um, anywhere the ball went, he was putting on pressure. It's It was interesting. I, uh, I ventured into the Adelaide big footy board, and they were talking about who's going to take Kurnow and Mackay, and they were just saying... He's going to take both, and he'll destroy <laughs> him. And I, I, uh, <laughs> I really liked that. So I don't know. I think he's a future favourite. Um, so I've given him my four.
0: No, I that. Um, my four was to the aforementioned Callum mm-hmm. Um, he is an incredible footballer. Might as well just drop I, my five. Was your five as well. Mookie. Yeah, I thought it might have been. <laughs> um, and we'll go, we can do a roundabout there. My five was a Alirilia. Okay. Um, to go back hence why I had his stats at the ready. What a game he had as well. That spoil was phenomenal. But yeah, Kalimuki just goes from strength to strength doesn't he I we talked about him being underrated last year um he couldn't be more rated now he's leading that team with their captains injured uh doing a great job of that I think he leads by example on the field players walk higher when he's around but 12 intercepts again just which is just ridiculous he piles them on another five spoils seven intercept marks and I I feel like that wasn't even the major influence he had he just filled the holes and they need to be filled um St Kilda just on a roll currently um They've, you know, people people will say they've only played certain teams, but you can only beat who you've played, and the mm-hmm. teams they've beaten have looked good in the other games. Like Essendon have been playing reasonable football, and St Kilda beat them pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um. So I think it'll be interesting to see St Kilda as they do start to come up against some more finals fancies in the next few weeks. But could
1: be an interesting game next um, week and this week as well.
0: Yeah, I, and getting they should have memory back this week, which is big for their forward line. I saw a line say he wasn't guaranteed. Yeah, a guarantee not guaranteed. Did, I was like, like, come on, I'm the best forward of that club for about five years. <laughs> um. But yeah, they they are just cruising, and he's a big part of why. I, yeah, Callum Wook is a jet, really.
1: Yeah, he's uh, four rounds in. He's my probably first pick, all Australian behind Clayton oh, Oliver. Yeah, he's uh, just probably behind him and Cameron actually. Yeah, they're, they're pretty. Yeah, they're the top middle three. They're the one back. from each line. I'm picking.
0: Um, I'm happy to just at the moment put Tim English in the ruck as well. Yeah, those are four. <laughs> those are the, those yeah. are the top one, four. One in the key four. pillar. That's it. Everything four else lines. can get raffled
1: off. Um, I'll run through a few. Uh, I only have one honorable mention, oh, yeah? so I'm just going to shoot it. Uh, Tyler Young from Richmond. Oh, he was down as mine as well. Uh, he, Fifteen spoils. He is a one uh, percent king. Oh. Oh. He's uh he's. It's like he watched Lewis Young last year and went, "I can do that, but better."
0: <laughs> Fifteen spoils won four or five contested defensive one-on-ones, and it was his second game. It's yeah, just. I, I wanted to give him a vote. Brilliant. And if they'd won, he probably might have got a vote. Mm-hmm. It might have been one of those ones. Um. Yeah, he was really good. My, one of my other push mentions was Tom Stewart for his first half when the yeah. game was actually close. I think he sacrificed his own game to really lock that back line as much as he could. He sat in that hole, sat behind the play, killed me in fantasy um, because he mm-hmm. just played a totally different role to what he normally does. But, um, you know, he obviously is the vice captain now, knew what was needed of him, his role in the team that day and just completely changed the way he played. Um Let's be... not do that again. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't love it. <laughs> and my other two were Dane Rampy. Um ah, he's we've been already good. given a couple of yeah. mentions this year. He was really good. Um and you know, in, a, in <laughs> unlucky to lose that game and Bailey Dale as well, who yeah, Dale's a weird one. I, I, he's, but he, he plays a lot of wing time.
1: Him, um, Sheezel, and Daikos, I find it hard to give them Yeah, votes. It, even
0: Josh Battle gets up the ground yeah. a lot more. It's hard to give players who spend so much time. Tom outside Stewart's of the starting back line. on the
1: wing a lot too, so he's going to start to disappear out of boats. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so I've only got one real topic this week that I've like wanted to talk about. I'm sure we'll think of other things. <laughs> um, but I, I just laughed at. Did you see how they decided. The, the, the home teams of the Gather Round, they said yeah, yesterday. Yeah, a coin,
1: didn't they? Yeah,
0: someone at AFL House tossed a coin for each game, and somehow that ended up with both the Adelaide te- te- teams being home teams. Well, those what a, ones what should have been home anyway. Um, oh, Christ. Tossed a coin to decide the home games, the week of. I, one, I can hardly believe that. Some teams already had their kits for Gather Round ready to go. What if they were told they were the UA team? What if Freo were told, after designing their AFLX-looking neon <laughs>
1: jumper... That they were going to be the away team. I don't understand. Is there an AFL mandate for gather round jumpers? Because, like, five or six clubs have them and the rest are just like, nah. I like that Adelaide just went with their, like, 2003 Mm. away
0: strip. I thought that was cool, Um, which is good that Carlton's going to wear in the white Mm. to clash with that. But I I thought that was fine. But Frios was weird. Some clubs have got them. Others have just gone. It's a perfect chance for...
1: Charlotte to pretend to be the double blues and wear the yeah the M M&M. oh, would
0: have been great I would love that that's um that's... North could have worn the the orange kangaroo ah
1: oh, that's one of the worst <laughs> um, but yeah I could have won the army silver and not every club well most clubs have gone for the horrible Anzac uh, Guernseys but not all of them I would love the AFL to do like a an ugly jumper's heritage round like each
0: club just wears their worst their worst jumper. I would love, like, Geelong mm. wearing that, like, weird grey and blue with the big 90s logo in the middle of it, jumper. Mm. Hawthorne wearing that silver. <laughs> you and get the cano. Thor jumper out for, for um, Bulldogs. Yeah, the Thor jumper could come out. I, um, encourage all of the... Essendon's one with the, like, two two centimetre thick oh. sash through the middle. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of hideous jumpers we've seen. Richmond's one that was just that big tiger face <laughs> on a
1: grey jumper. You can encourage all the fans to dress up stupid and in costumes as well. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'd, I'd write that. That could be fun.
0: Um the other one I thought of was surely if you're making this gather round an extra round
1: so there's 24 mm. weeks this year
0: you make all the teams that are playing this week teams that were playing each- like would be playing each other twice there's some teams playing this week that are neither of them are going to get a home game against each other this year because their only game against each other is in gather round surely that could have been better organized it's a weird one the fixture is all over the place like like, he- like always you do the rest of the fixtures and then you do a gather round and you make sure it's all teams that have only played once. Like, that sh- has to be a more sensible way to do it rather than there's teams this week. Like I said, Geelong and West Coast won't. Mm. I think um, Sydney, the game they're playing, those teams aren't going to play each other at home mm. at all this year, which is a weird caveat to this year's fixture. It's
1: it's definitely strange, but, hey, the AFL fixture is going to be the AFL fixture. It's never it's made never, sense yeah. and it never will.
0: Uh, like, they've got a, they've got their structure in place for it, but even that is... Iffy.
1: yeah um especially when they try and force those double ups essen and collingwood yeah well that's Carl the problem Richman. They do, oh,
0: everyone plays a team from their bracket twice the one below them twice and the one furthest away from them only once but if the double up from the one furthest away from you only once is your rival team then that's already erased that one you've got to go the two and two from the other ones or vice versa so it's it's not it's never going to be a, a fair fixture unless they play 30
1: And it's always been a weird one because you always see a top side get the absolute worst. Geelong and North was one that was a couple of years of just smashings. Adelaide Gold Coast was a...
0: Yeah, Richmond used to get Gold Coast twice a year every year for a while for no reason.
1: Those three are ones that stick out in my mind as always happening. Um, And one that pisses me off is Carlton always plays St Kilda twice. (laughs) And they're my absolute bogey team and that pisses me off. Yeah, well, I was happy that Geelong didn't get Collingwood twice
0: last year because I'm always worried about Collingwood games. Yeah, yeah, those ones um, are
1: usually good to watch. Uh, and, and the yeah,
0: greatest the, modern rivalry. I I still, it's still, and, and obviously the Geelong-Hawthorne game didn't really live up to it, but like... First half was pretty if good. If Geelong has a rival, it's it's Hawthorne still mm-hmm. for me. Um, Co- Collingwood have been good games, but there's been patches in and out of that. And I think the fans don't care about that as much as they care about Collingwood or would care about Esther or Geelong would care about Hawthorne, so... Nah. They can manufacture it as much as they want, though. I love a good, I love a good rivalry. It would suck to support one of those teams that doesn't really have one. I think because um, those games really get fans invested. Um, it's we've got, I think it's the earliest in the eighteen-team comp. Big jump on on brain thoughts for me, but this is the earliest in the eighteen-team comp that we've had no teams without a win. Really, after four rounds, we have had five happen twice. Interesting. It's never been four rounds that we've had everyone get a win in. Um, it's happened as late as 13, 14 rounds before. Mm. Nine's about the average. Um, but yeah, four is the earliest ever since the 18 team started. So that's pretty cool. Um, might not have happened if Davies, Uniac, and Simpkin didn't go down. Um, we could be looking at it being a lot further out, but thanks to that, here we are. Um, and also West Coast injuries kicked in just late enough for them to get some yeah, wins yeah. on the board. I, what curse have they suffered? Like, I, They already had it during had the injuries during the actual COVID year, and then the next year they all got COVID instead, <laughs> and then injuries after that. And now they started this year looking, they were playing reasonable football. The game against North, I feel like it was just a reasonable game of footy between two lower but not bottom rung sides. Um, And then the first three quarters against Freya, they looked good, and then it kicked in and then manhandled by Brisbane because it was half kids, Melbourne, sorry, because it was half kids out there.
1: I think it is just a case of a couple of too many older players going on. The Which, soft tissue injuries it are, is a are management, avoidable it? Yeah, by yeah. not having a bunch of 30 pluses. Um, and it's amazing that, you know, the bad luck that it happens constantly at West Coast, but you don't see it as much like at Geelong. Um, it's it's a real kind of bummer. Because, I feel like it's
0: one of those ones... Oh, sorry, I'll leave.
1: Yeah, because it's, it, it, we, like Shuey and Hearn and Yo when they're playing their best, are still capable, valuable players. But I feel like, I mean, even Natanui too, but I don't even remember the last time we saw him. Um, it's it's a, it's a shame because they're all good enough to make that team 10, 20, 30% better, um, but we don't see it because they're just injured.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a case of, like you look at the other quote-unquote older sides in the comp, which mm. are Collingwood, Geelong, mm. Richmond. The players they've kept on that are older aren't players who've had years plagued with injury. Like they're older players who get injured are the ones that retire at 30-31, whereas Except Jamie Elliott. West Coast have kept those players yeah. on their list. I think that's the difference there. It's a loyalty
1: like, thing, and maybe that's a list management thing that might need to change. Remember yeah. when Hawthorne, even though it hasn't turned out well for them, were moving mm. on uh, aged players, probably before they were uh, ready, but it's probably the right call.
0: Yeah, I feel like maybe it's a, a you know once burned twice shy from people watching it happen to um, North Melbourne um Ooh. who moved on there a few older players whether it be by trade or forced retirements and then it kind of went oh that was absolutely the wrong idea that and then goldstein uh, survived yeah, an extra like still, six years still there um, <laughs> they have five ruckman it, don't they <laughs> Essendon were an, another one that didn't do it like they they kept them on the list too long so i think teams really just are, are wary of getting rid of them too early because it could work out like it has for geelong or collingwood but also that if you look at the other end of the spectrum if you keep them on too long and You've just got literally list space for no reason um, not being used, and West Coast is a big example of that. Um, a lot of those players would have played five or less games last year, and it looks like they'll do the same again,
1: which is a shame because uh, it is really depressing having to put up with my West Coast <laughs> friend hating life. So it's, I wish him some uh, good luck. It's more
0: fun to make fun of West Coast when they're all fit, you know, like when when there's no um, nothing on top of it. You can make fun of West Coast fine, but when they're all uh, injured and, and there's you know reasons for it, it's, it's not quite as fun. It feels like punching down.
1: I will say for their supporters, it's good to see um, Oscar Allen back. He's been playing well. He and looks really good. He is a talent. Uh, the, that mark he took uh, against Frio in the first quarter where he basically jumped over a lad, that was good. I think it was Brennan Cox. Um, he's 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 a delight to watch. So And their younger talent, um, whether it be younger, younger, or like middle-aged,
0: younger, um, in, in your Wests and your Cullies, and they do look like genuinely good footballers. They just need some star power in there, I think, with them. Yeah, I think they're a little limited. They've got um, a lot of support role players who are, would look good in a really good side, but I think that, yeah, they need they need something in that midfield, whether it be a Parrish or someone who's a free agent this year as well, um, or even looking at you know, just trying to bring someone home, because obviously we see a lot of WA boys like to come home, if that's the mm-hmm. case, and just get someone to fill that gap, because if Shuey and Sheed are going to be... Injured as often as they are, I think Sheed was running today. But if those kinds of players are going to be missing from that midfield most of the time, Yo is obviously the main one. Then it's it's hard to justify having the not quite a listers in the side with them
1: because they're just not going to be able to pull their weight. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange one, but we'll see how their season unfolds. Hopefully, they can get it together um, mid midway through. <laughs> yeah we said that last year though and they just
0: couldn't do it and, and the and that's where the the issue always comes that the confidence. care factor goes away as well and the confidence as well goes away once your team's already you know 10 and one like it's hard to 10 and one motivate yourself to, to start the season. <laughs> that was melbourne last year you didn't one and it ten i meant one and ten i did <laughs> um i was thinking about the losses so i said the losses yeah, first.
1: Yeah. you um, do that pretty often actually it's i do funny. all the
0: time it's not how my brain functions if i wrote it down to be fine but Um, so we've got a few games at Weird Ovals this week.
1: Hmm. But Uh, we've got,
0: more importantly, I think it's six games on Adelaide Oval. Two in a row. Potentially, uh, two back to, genuinely back to back.
1: Potentially in a rainy weekend. I'm interested in that one because they're both sellouts. Do you have to get everyone out of the stadium, even if you bought a ticket to both? Do you have to go out and come back in? You
0: must do, right? Because... That like he said, they're both so tele-outs.
1: frustrating. Um, How long do they have to celebrate in between games? Do not... you have to sing in the rooms while the other ones are getting ready nearby? You actually worse. It's two back to backs. Uh,
0: it's there's it's back to back on Saturday and Sunday. So it's the weird the Essendon Melbourne game is back is backing straight onto the Port Bulldogs game, and then the next day Geelong West Coast back straight onto the Collingwood Adelaide game. So they, are they just going to send security through just to push
1: everyone out? Probably. And bring a whole new crowd in. That's going to be hectic. It's going to be insane. There's going to be a lot of people that miss the start of that game, I'd imagine. Um, and they're also playing that one game at, I think it's Norwood. Or, Norwood. Yeah, there's one uh, at Like Norwood a brand new stadium. And two at... No, two at Norwood, sorry. Yeah, the... the uh, No, no, no. The one at Mount Barker, sorry, is the one which is a brand new stadium. Yeah, Adelaide Hills. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that the drainage is good because, boy, that's going to be a fucking Crystal. mess. I <laughs>
0: saw... Where was... Oh, that's right. We were watching it together. We were just watching dumb AFL YouTube stuff. Mm. That, that sounds like in, something we in do. rural South Australia where the Bulldogs are about to play that pre-season game. And the drainage oh, just ran yeah. off the ground into the change rooms. And they had to call the game off. The groundskeeper's was like, yeah, drains pretty <laughs> well, but not going to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, hopefully that doesn't happen, because that would create all sorts oh, of... Could you imagine if a game gets cancelled because oh, of rain? Oh, Absolute disaster. Imagine if it's the game. Imagine if it's Collingwood St Kilda at the end of the weekend, game number six on the ground, and the stadium's not fit for playing Hopefully on. there's no Would lighting. they just play on a sand full ground? Would they just have to move it?
1: I don't know if you can do that when you've sold tickets to the game. Yeah. It's... If you're downgrading... And making everyone stand around a sand over that game. That game will be a sellout just purely because Collingwood
0: and the fans will fly over for it because it's I think be, it already is. Yeah, that's what I mean, like that game would have sold I out. I think they revealed that Geelong, Adelaide,
1: Collingwood, Carlton, and someone else's games are sold out. Carlton yeah. obviously makes sense to are like playing big, Adelaide. But, bigger teams coming from Melbourne yeah. are
0: going to bring the crowd with them
1: because it's only what an hour an hour's flight. It's not. It's the. Uh, it's at Brisbane North. That one's going to be rough.
0: Yeah, is that one at one of the rural stadiums?
1: Uh, I think that one might be at Mount B- Parker. <laughs> uh,
0: Brisbane North is, yeah, Adelaide Hills, so that, that's fine. Um, the Norwood games are Fremantle Gold
1: Coast. Yeah, no one's going to that.
0: And GWS Hawthorne. So they have put the games
1: that make sense. Although I do know my cousin's grounds. coming over to Seaport in oh, yeah? uh, West Coast. Oh, that's nice. I got a message in the group chat. She's like, not coming to your mum's birthday. <laughs> going to the footy. I don't even know if she's
0: all playing here this year. They might get a freer game. Definitely don't have a West Coast game. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting round for the fun of it. I do feel like it would have made more sense as a preseason
1: thing than playing, a mid-season thing. Playing uh, Frio in round 10 here. All right, well, that'll be fun.
0: But, yeah, I do think it would have made more sense to have this as a pre style tournament and maybe even have a little cup at the end. Mm. I think playing it mid-season is just a weird idea, just straight off the bat. be a cool round
1: one thing, too. Yeah. That, or that's... even... Uh, ah. I guess the final round's a bit weird because there's so much at stake, but I I like like the idea of in the final round playing every game at the same time. Well, they used to, and I like it too. I think that would be fun. It
0: takes away teams knowing what they've got to do before they play. So, like, if you're playing on the Sunday and you know that the team that could have gone past you has already lost, then you might rest a player, Mm. last minute, late change. But if if you don't know, because I think they do it in the basketball, in america um yeah if you don't know what's at stake in your game then it makes it a, a higher stakes game every game and I, I think that would be a much better way to do it um maybe not from a, a fan perspective for watching the games um i think we'd be having a nightmare trying to keep up But with that's that. the
1: fun part but you'd be
0: checking all the other yeah, games yeah, and, and they, be, and they do it around happening. the grounds at quarter time and three quarter time like getting someone oh yeah and this I I is the score here, here, fun, and here. And i think they should I'm, do that i'm on board with it um i'm also on board with scrapping the bounce i don't know if we made an official
1: yeah, I'm Position against on that yet, heads. but
0: we don't need it. I feel like it's a a weird people are like oh, it's going to get rid of Rutcraft. It's all It'll, it'll save time with the 666 oh, coming back in. It's so annoying. It'll stop people from Ooh. kneeing people in the chest because the ball's gone too high yeah, and I everyone's waiting what, in the middle. I'm,
1: I'm not talking about kneeing anymore because I'm sick of it already. It's but too much it's discussion about the it. Bounce.
0: But yeah, get rid of the bounce. It gets rid of the confusion and the uncertainty. So like, oh, It'll just be like a basketball hit tap out. It's not, though, because they're still running in from different sides of the circle mm. and trying to tap it to players in different it directions. It'll just stop the fact that the ball's going to go fucking anywhere. Yes. And
1: it's going to stop people getting injured. Um... um I, yeah,
0: I feel like the it's. I've always found it even without the annoying, the injuries and stuff, especially since six 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 has come in. When they bounce it, it leaves the circle. And they have to wait for everyone to get back into their positions outside, you know, inside the fifties, and, and then finally throw or it And Four five
1: seconds of actual game time gets eaten up. Yeah, by because that the each ball's time. gone in the air and they finally called it back. It's yep.
0: just a. A pathetic waste of time in a game where it's those a seconds pathetic waste are of time. absolutely precious. In some games, like imagine if Sydney had had ten more seconds against Port, um, it becomes a completely different game. That gets punched back in, and then it could be a kick. And you know, Mills is in the right position to kick a goal yeah, <laughs> <laughs> while he's celebrating. Um, yeah, I, I just think that when yeah, it's something that does need to be gotten rid of. It's a pointless thing that Relic. we're clinging to in the game. And there's boy, there's a lot of those. Mm. Um, one of them is, as we mentioned, Todd Goldstein. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's really harsh. <laughs> I like Goldie. I think he's good. <laughs> oh, that's rough. He's the only person who listens to this podcast. He's going to oh, cry. Sorry, Todd.
0: Um, I feel like with your uh, <laughs> high energy situation <laughs> and the fact that I, I, didn't, I was going to come up with a who would win this week. I didn't do it. So
1: who would win? 22 Nick Dicos or 22 Harry Schiesel?
0: Nick Dykos. Yeah. He would win 22 Nick Dykos or 22 Josh Dykos. Josh Dykos. Absolutely. He'd get he'd...
1: less possessions, but he'd be more dangerous. Absolutely.
0: The goals would be outrageous.
1: Nick Dykos would just be handballing it to himself <laughs> in the back line. <laughs> It'd be like a real AFL live situation. It's hard to get back and forth
0: until he gets tackled. When, you, when, you, when you've got the um, game stat, 30 effective handballs, you're like, oh, hang on, it's the last quarter. <laughs> that's um, funny. That's the game I pay to watch uh nick rewalt versus jack rewalt that's a silly one nick rewalt, it's nick rewalt every day um i'm trying to think of brother pairs that could be fun to match up harry mckay versus ben mckay no one shows up I, 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 no yeah well <laughs> one of them shows up it's awkward <laughs> um it's it's so funny isn't it that he's back a week early like he was meant to be out in two next week but now they've played carlton he's, he's back, back a week early. It's just theater. Um, I'm I'm so here for the Those two
1: are, uh, are dickheads. So it's it's <laughs> it's worse because they're just little shits.
0: Um it w- it would have been funnier if um Harry's ban had held up mm. and then Ben had come back. That, that really
1: would have um, got the, the conspiracy theorists. It's not my kind of comedy, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up because All right. I'm dying. <laughs> yes. Um, we will see
0: you hopefully on Wednesday next week. But mm. the way we're going, it's almost a Tuesday, a Thursday show now, but that's okay. Um, you Shit happens.
1: Us... Games are on Mondays. Stuff sucks. Games
0: are on Mondays, and then they're on Thursdays. There's not enough time to make things happen between.
1: Yeah. We had to fly to Adelaide for this. It's... <laughs> it's very expensive so please donate to us on ko-fi.
0: Yeah, you can find us at the Back Pocket AU. Also there on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube as well. We got you can find us on all
1: the different area codes. We got you can find and we are on the interwebs.
0: Have you ever when when you what you <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.